Aloha, namaste, and welcome back to the Healing Laughter Podcast. This is the show where we talk about all things related to self-love, manifestation, spirituality, the power of positive affirmations, healing water, astrology, and so much more. I'm your host, Katie. I'm an ICF-certified spiritual life coach, Western tropical astrologer, breathwork practitioner, and healing water advocate. Now, just a few notes before we start talking about the upcoming Aquarius Super New Moon. I am a Western tropical astrologer, and I use the sacred interpretation method meaning your astrological forecast will always be described in the sense that challenges are opportunities and not a form of punishment. I use the whole house sign system, meaning that your rising sign rules the entirety of your first house and every person has all 12 zodiac energies within them. I use the archetypal energies of the planets, the zodiacs, and history to create something similar to a weather forecast so that you can make plans and validate your emotions based on the kind of energy that you find yourself personally swimming in at this time. Of course, I can only give generic forecasts without looking at your unique individual chart. So if you want a more personalized energy forecast or a reading, I offer personalized astrological reports, kind of like a PDF. This is the most affordable option available on the Elevated Aura website, and I have one-on-one virtual readings as well, which you can schedule on the Elevated Aura website. All right, without further ado, let's get into the super new moon in Aquarius. And right off the bat, you may have noticed I'm calling this a super new moon, meaning it's not just a new moon, but the new moon will occur when the moon is closer to earth than normal. So the moon's pull will be greater. The energy may be more intense. And when I started to look closer at the aspects, the energy at play here, I do think that this will be a potent and powerful new moon, meaning that those who take the time to use this energy to their advantage may be pleasantly surprised when the Aquarius super full moon occurs this August. Now, at the time of the Aquarius super new moon, both the sun and the moon will be at one degree, 32 minutes of Aquarius. And this is actually the fourth of five new moons in a row, all happening at one degree. And one degree is ruled by Aries. It's also a very early degree, which tells us that this is a new energy. We're kicking off something new, possibly building off of the new beginnings from the previous new moons at one degree. And even more powerful, this is the fourth new moon of five new moons in a row, all happening at one degree. So it began with the solar eclipse new moon in Scorpio, which is at one degree. We had the new moon in Sagittarius at one degree. The new moon in Capricorn was at one degree. And now we have this super new moon in Aquarius at one degree, 32 minutes on January 21st, 2023 at 12.53 p.m. Pacific. And next month, we have the new moon in Pisces, which will also be at one degree. So given how powerful these energies seem to be for new beginnings, I really wanted to continue to flag this for you so that you understand just how fresh and malleable this energy can be. And if you are someone who likes to take time during a new moon and really be intentional about where you're focusing your time and energy, then this energy around the Aquarius super new moon is something to really use to our advantage and really co-create our reality with the universe. One thing that I find so poetic about new moons at these early degrees, like one degree, is that Aries is the leader of the zodiac and Aries season represents the astrological new year. So new beginnings. And although Aries has this tough reputation, this association with being a warrior, it's also the energy of going out in the dark, of finding something new and forging a new path. 
And that actually really complements the energy of Aquarius quite well because Aquarius is the rebel of the zodiac. And being a rebel can sometimes have a bad connotation. So think of it this way. Aquarian energy tends to be more rebellious because Aquarians are usually thinking about the future. They're thinking about communities. And when you're thinking light years ahead, you can sometimes rub people the wrong way, especially when you have a vision in mind and you're not letting anyone or anything get in your way of bringing this vision to fruition. Now, Aquarius is an air sign, not a water sign, which tricks some people because Aquarius is represented by the symbol of the water bearer. And even the zodiac symbol for Aquarius looks like two waves, but alas, it's an air sign. So with an air sign, some people can take this energy as you're not necessarily being emotionally aware or sensitive. Perhaps they feel you rub them the wrong way because the energy of Aquarius can sometimes appear demanding, critical, much more logically based than emotionally intuitive. But again, it's usually because they are working to bring some sort of social and humanitarian ideal into their reality. So the harshness of Aquarian energy is sometimes confusing, even for Aquarians themselves, because the water bearer energy is an energy that absorbs and collects the energy, the emotions, the desires, the limiting beliefs of those around them. It's almost like... Um, like an empath. There's this innate ability to read the energy of the social community and to determine what needs to be done, what needs to change, and what needs to be released in order to bring more harmony, love, and peace to the planet. Now, Aquarians tend to be eccentric, spontaneous, and original, and this is not just in how an Aquarian thinks. They tend to dress more eccentrically, they wear brighter colors, um, perhaps pair together patterns or materials that you wouldn't normally think go together. So sometimes Aquarian energy appears more confident than it really is. And Aquarius is a fixed air sign, and the natural ruler of the 11th house of community and networking. So many Aquarians can sometimes come off as if they're very logical, scientific in thought, much more logical than they are emotional. But again, that's just how they appear. Under the surface, Aquarians are really not that conservative because they're so involved in constantly thinking about others and how to build more communities that work for everyone. So in that sense, they are very social justice minded. They're just a little quieter, more reserved sometimes than other signs, including fellow air sign Gemini. But part of that quiet nature of an Aquarian comes from having such an intuitive, imaginative, innovative world in their minds. So these are people who tend to believe that everything will work out if they believe it will, if they get the right social groups together. So they're more inclined to take risks than other signs sometimes, but there has to be an end goal that serves more than just them usually. Now, Aquarian energy is an air sign, which is masculine energy, yang energy. And Aquarius being an air sign really just speaks to Aquarians living in their heads, being curious about what's around them, dreaming their world into reality, and really being more likely to try and solve disputes rather than taking sides. So this is an energy that's really about supporting social contracts and bonds. And although they may appear more logical than emotional, it's often because they're upholding this utopian dream, this, this vision in their minds of what the world could be. And if Aquarians were constantly changing their dream world based on their emotions or adjusting who is good, who is bad, you can see why it would be difficult to bring any sort of community to fruition. So there's that fixed energy coming into play. And remember, fixed energy is stable. It's solid. It's persistent, sustaining, but it's resistant to change. So with that, just a reminder that if you or someone that you love is an Aquarius rising sun or moon, 
give them some grace sometimes when it comes to adjusting like what they thought would happen or if they appear to be critical, it's usually coming from a very loving place as well as their intuition. These people tend to be tapped into some kind of empathic frequency at times and are much more interested in world peace than engaging in a debate about which political party or music group is superior. Now, as I mentioned, Aquarius is the natural ruler of the 11th house of community in the Zodiac. So things like your greater network, large groups of people, acquaintances, social media, online communities, good luck, friends. These are all 11th house Aquarian ruled topics. But of course, not all of us are Aries rising. So you want to find which house Aquarius rules for you because that's going to give you a little bit of different flavoring as to how the Aquarian energy shows up in your life. So for example, I'm an Aquarius rising. So right off the bat, based on how I dress, how I walk, how I think, it's going to have much more of an Aquarian theme than my husband, who's a Scorpio rising and has Aquarius as the ruler of his fourth house of home and family life. Now, Aquarius is ruled by two planets, two opposing planets, in fact, Saturn and Uranus. Uranus is the planet of freedom and revolutionary vision. It's an energy that is hungry for change, quantum changes, and encourages us to visualize new possibilities, new ways of being, doing, and relating. Then we have Saturn. Saturn is the planet of limitation and contraction. It's an energy that is about discipline, punctuality, and the conservation of material resources. So if you think of it this way, Saturn is how it's always been, and Uranus is the future. So there is this clash of which way do we want to move as a community? Do we want to be more forward-thinking and inclusive, or do we want to keep the same authoritative rules and regulations, top-down power and control, that framework that's familiar to us? Now, one of the biggest clashes between Saturn and Uranus occurred around January 2020. And in the last three years, I think it's fair to say that we've really experienced a clash between freedom and rules. So expect more clashes between the old and the new, but with slightly different flavoring based on the planets at play. Now, as a reminder, in astrology, there are the big six, which are the personal planets that impact your personal world more so than what's called the transpersonal or generational planets. So those are planets like Neptune, Uranus, Saturn, Pluto, Jupiter, and they affect us more as a collective rather than individually. Now, that's not to say that these transpersonal planets can't or won't impact you on a more personal level. It's just usually not felt as powerfully or an ext as extremely as the personal planets. Now, the personal planets would be your rising sign, the sun, the moon, Venus, Mercury, and Mars. Now, during the time of the Aquarius super new moon, the sun and the moon will both be in Aquarius. And remember, with any new moon, the sun and the moon will be conjunct. Essentially, they're located right on top of one another, and that's why the new moon is a dark moon. However, the sun and the moon don't equally enjoy each sign. The moon represents our emotions, our internal world. It's how we express ourselves. It's our unconscious. It's how we feel about things. Whereas the sun is our outer world. It's how we act and appear to those who know us. But with a sign like Aquarius, the sun doesn't always feel super comfy cozy because Aquarian energy is much more fluid. It can change because it's about dreaming. It's about communities, social contracts. And that can be frustrating for an energy like the sun when the energy of the sun wants to know exactly what's going on. But those natally born with their sun in Aquarius tend to be hard to predict because they highly value freedom and spontaneity. Now, at the time of the Aquarius super new moon, 
Venus will also be in Aquarius along with the sun and the moon. Mars will be in Gemini and Mars is actually operating directly. We're no longer in a Mars retrograde. That ended January 12th, 2023. So hopefully for the first time since the end of October, 2022, you're feeling motivated, perhaps more physically energized to tackle projects at work or around the home. And Mercury is in Capricorn. We are no longer in a Mercury retrograde. That technically ended just a few days ago on January 18th, 2023. However, we are still in the post phase, the two-week shadow time in which we can still experience some communication hiccups. So technological glitches can also occur because the energy is adjusting to Mercury going direct. So the shadow phase will actually still be felt about two weeks after January 18th. So around February 1st or so, the Mercury retrograde will completely end. Then we have uh, Jupiter is in Aries, Saturn is in Aquarius, Neptune is in Pisces, and Uranus is retrograde in Taurus. Now the Uranus retrograde in Taurus will wrap up shortly after the Aquarius new moon on January 23rd. And once Uranus goes direct in Taurus, we'll actually have several weeks with all planets direct. We have until April 21st, 2023. Then we're going to have at least one planet retrograde through the end of the year. And to be honest with you, when I look ahead at late summer, fall, we're going to experience six retrograde planets simultaneously. So we will talk about that more as it gets closer, but really what I wanted to flag for you right now is with this energy, with all these planets moving direct, take advantage of this time to get things done. Last but not least, we have Pluto in Capricorn at the time of the new moon in Aquarius, but Pluto is making its way into Aquarius. So Pluto is at the very end degrees of Capricorn. It's going to be at 28 degrees at the time of the Aquarius new moon. And because the new moon in Aquarius is at one degree, Pluto and the moon, as well as Pluto and the sun are technically conjunct. So anything between five degrees is a conjunction. So Pluto is a planet in our natal chart that represents our greatest pain. It's our greatest opportunity for transformation. It's where we experience big ups and downs, where we shed our skin, we grow and evolve. It's where we both born and die many times over in life. And when the sun is conjunct Pluto, it's often an indication that unexpected and significant changes are on the way. And this is also an aspect that really encourages spiritual study, um, psychoanalysis. So sometimes we do need to use caution with this aspect to not give our power away out of fear. We may also encounter a lot of authoritative fatherly type energy, but we don't necessarily have to accept this as our truth or the way forward. And that brings us to Pluto conjunct the moon. This is an emotionally intense aspect, even though water signs are not at play. So when the moon is conjunct Pluto, we can feel or come across to others as if we or others are being unnecessarily stubborn. And so this can indicate a time when we don't want to bend or make compromises, even with loved ones. So it really can be a time when it's just difficult, very difficult to get along with almost everyone and anyone. And this conjunction between Pluto and the moon may not be great for compromise, so it can mean that we experience more emotional outbursts or conflicts with loved ones, and we may internally feel this need to make radical changes even if no one around us agrees or understands our desire to make these changes. So there's a lot of mental agitation, a lot of logical brain activity going on, perhaps a lot of mental churning, longing for something more, something different, something better. So kind of like that clash between Saturn and Uranus, there is an energetic clash between Pluto, which is representative of top-down control, power, rules, and regulations, 
which is very much so a Saturn type energy. And then they have the energy of Aquarius, which is freedom, autonomy, the future and independence, very Uranus type energy. So it is almost as if we're replaying this Saturn Uranus conjunction from early 2020, as well as getting a taste, like a hint of what to expect when Pluto moves into Aquarius. So Pluto has been in Capricorn since 2008, and Pluto is going to be moving into Aquarius for a little bit starting March 23rd, 2023, and Pluto will stay in Aquarius until June 11th, 2023. Then Pluto is going to retrograde back into Capricorn until January 2024. It will move back into Aquarius for nine months, retrograde back into Capricorn, and then January 2024, Pluto will move back into Aquarius and remain there until 2044. So Pluto spends anywhere from 10 to 20 years in a particular sign, and during that time, there's often massive transformation that occurs along those energetic themes. So for the last 14 years or so, Pluto has been in Capricorn, and during that time, we've really seen massive changes in a lot of traditional Capricorn energy type themes. So governments, businesses, there's been uh, like kind of a push-pull between power with corporate structured institutions like banks, educational institutions, political organizations, health organizations, a lot of them have really undergone massive transformations and changes in how they operate and how they're viewed since 2008. So going back to this Pluto conjunction though, this is truly a new moon where there's likely to be a lot of noise, a lot of fear, a lot of authoritative energy of this is what you must do to get X, Y, and Z. But Aquarius, Uranus, they don't want to go back to the status quo. So in order to move forward, we have to find a way to rise above the fear, above the density, and clear our minds because you can't manifest from chaos. You have to raise your frequency. So singing, dancing, especially in a community, in a moon circle, this is going to make a huge difference between those who, who are able to successfully co-create with the universe and then those who succumb to fear and density. So use this Aquarian energy to your advantage here and really allow yourself to imagine, create Find a way to allow yourself to rise above that noise when you set your intentions. And remember, what is no longer is no longer. There's really no sense in spending our energy trying to rebuild what has crumbled. It makes much better use of our energy to think about the future and how we can grow, what we can create together, what we can build. So some other notable aspects at play during the time of the Aquarius super new moon the sun and the moon are both trining Mars. So this is actually a harmonious aspect. It's filled with energy for getting things done. It's setting objectives and it's taking the necessary steps to reach those goals. So it's creatively solving problems as they come up. And there's a hint here of, of being willing to compromise, which is good news because the conjunction between Pluto, the sun and the moon doesn't really want us to compromise at all. Then we have the sun and the moon sextile Jupiter, which is indicating new experiences, perhaps studying something new, uh, going on new travels or a new adventure. It's a very open, optimistic, generous energy. So think of like going to a party and there's a beyond gracious, welcoming, loving host. That's what this aspect is bringing to the table. Then we have Venus conjunct Saturn. And this is not exactly ideal for relationship building because there's not a lot of love or trust with this energy. But this is more like the energy of an arranged marriage. It's faithful energy, but it's not necessarily out of love or desire to be loyal. It's more like I'm following the rules. And so it's kind of a bummer for the hopeless romantics like myself. Um, so this new moon is not exactly romantic, but not every new moon can be, right? And we have Mercury squared Jupiter affecting our communication in a way that 
may encourage some extremist thinking, like so extreme that you may find people start moving to different areas where their extremist thoughts are more welcomed. And Mercury is also training Uranus, which can hopefully soften some of that extremist thinking and communication by adding inspiration, the ability to discover and invent new things, new ideas, new opinions. So one thing to note though, with this Mercury trining Uranus energy, sometimes the new is found by friendly debates. So in order to exchange ideas and opinions with others, sometimes we have to have conversations with people who differ from us and have different ideas and different opinions. But that's kind of sometimes how we get to the um, place where we can invent new things or come up with new ideas and new opinions is having those difficult conversations. So if you find yourself in a community or conversation talking about the future or going back to the, the way things were, it's really the energy of the Aquarius new moon, especially if it happens on January 21st, three days before, three days after. So what to expect on a personal level with the Aquarius super new moon on January 21st, 2023? First things first, you want to find which house Aquarius rules for you because that's going to give you the best indication as to which area of your life is most likely to encounter changes in the next six months. So my suggestion would be to spend some time thinking about what you want to manifest or what kind of changes, blessings, improvements you want to see happen specifically in that area of your life ruled by Aquarius in the next six months. So the Aquarius super full moon will occur on August 1st, 2023. So think about that area of your life being illuminated by this Aquarius new moon. And what do you want to see happen in that area of your life by August, 2023? Meditate on it, write it down and start working toward those goals. Now, if you are a sun, moon or rising Aquarius, Leo, Taurus or Scorpio, you are likely to feel the effects of the, of the Aquarius new moon the most, especially if you have planets or aspects between 26 to 4 degrees of fixed signs. So Aquarius, Leo, Taurus, or Scorpio. Now, whatever happens externally at this time, know that you are safe, you are loved, you are divinely guided and supported, and I love you. Wishing you a blessed super new moon in Aquarius.